0: these athletes actually, e- 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 have e- athlete e- athlete e- is have it's not one e- part e- of I the strategy, do
1: development, it's all we envelop in telephrine, a wealth of intelligence, unless you're selfishly embellishing all of the championships, basking it in,
0: let's study in, the conferences, pack 12 and big, 12 in the 10, SEC, ACC, win, 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 it just kind of fades from there, that's good,
1: yeah, they said like a minute, so. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the Debbie Owner's Manual. I am one of the hosts. My name is Dwight Peebles. I am the FF Peebles champ on Twitter. I'm introduce my co-host, Andrew. Andrew, how you doing tonight, man? I'm good, Dwight. How are you doing? I'm good, man. And anybody wants to find Andrew on Twitter, he is an FFmandrew. And we have a Twitter handle. It's at Debbie Manual. Our email address is DebbieOwnersManual at gmail.com if you want to send us any questions. Or have us look at your roster anything like that. Send us feel free to reach out to us. Just real quick before we get fired up this week. I want to thank Chris and Adam, Dynasty Owners Manual, who kind of took us under their wings and let us fly out. All right. First, we'll go through the weekend recap. And obviously, I mean it's Thursday now. We're recording this on Thursday night. So we've had a lot of time to digest the big well, it was supposed to be a big game between Alabama and LSU, and it just ended up being another boring alabama win <laughs> it turned into game night at my house andrew what was your biggest takeaway from the game was there anybody that really surprised you good bad i'll start with some player takeaways and then i got a team takeaway that will be
0: the king of all hot takes as far as what surprised me i guess it really shouldn't be a surprise Tua had his heisman moment with that long run he had where he was grabbing his leg afterwards, which isn't an issue going forward Jerry Judy for Alabama, He when he did that stutter step and made the LSU defender completely go flying by him like it was a video game move, the, the offense really is what surprised me. I don't know if the LSU defense is just that overrated or if Alabama's offense is that good. LSU defense we know has Devin White and Greedy Williams and a lot of good prospects there. It's one of those things where it's just Alabama makes it look so easy week after week after week. And Paul Fe- uh, Paul Feinbaum was talking about it this past week. He's 29-0. That was only their second-closest game for the whole year. And I was doing – and I'm working on an article right now for Dynasty Happy Hour. Their average margin of victory is 37.2 points. I mean, it's, it's not- the SEC too. So it's not like they're playing – Pac-12, yeah. Yeah, anybody from the Mountain West or from the Sun Belt Conference, if that even exists anymore. <laughs> but, you know, it's that team, and this is my hot take. I think when it's all said and done, if they run the table and it's not close the rest of the way, this is going to be the best team ever, as far as on paper, as far as prospects. I just think at the end of the day, this team is gonna be the best team ever in college football. I would take them over 95, Nebraska, 2004, USC, 2005, Texas, the early Miami teams, the late 2000, Florida teams. I mean, they're all – I would take Alabama over all of them, probably by double digits.
1: Right, and what's scary is I don't even think that's as much of a hot take as you may think. Like I think a lot of people are starting to get on board with it. They're going to have the last test, and that's Clemson. But Clemson's going to score on them, that's for sure, but – I don't know if they can stop him at all. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, I think the closest game would be them against Michigan, in all honesty. And I don't even think then it would be that close. I still think it's a
1: 20-point game. Right. I don't think uh, Michigan's offense can score on them. That's the problem Michigan's going to yeah. run into. That defense is, oof, it's nasty. Speaking of defense, I know, Dwight, you like watching a couple players in particular. Is there anyone that stuck out to you? Yeah, the one that really stuck out was uh, – Quinnen Williams, man, he just, this this freight train that he is on right now, like barely heard of before the season, you know, as the next man up on the line and he's vaulting into the top five of drafts. And I'm, this may be my hot take, but I honestly think he is a better prospect than Bosa or Oliver at this point. And I wonder if Bosa sitting out is going to cost him in the draft. I think he'll end up going first or second anyways, just because of, what he brings to the table, but Quinnen is like such a better, well-rounded player. He's a run stopper, pass rusher. Um, he had 10 tackles and two and a half sacks against a pretty decent offensive line. Like, And he's been putting up these numbers against some of the best offensive linemen in the country that are down in the SEC. So... It's amazing to watch him. He's another one of those guys that stands out on tape. Like you just kind of always know where he's at. Like he's just wrecking stuff, and he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And that's the crazy part with him, too. He's
0: on a loaded defense. So for him to really stick out is speaking a lot to his talent level. NFL evaluators and Scouts and everybody all over, I'm hearing nothing but good things. I think Matt Miller just had an article last week or two on him. He was talking on his Stick to Football podcast how he's getting, he's not going to probably reach the Miles Garrett grade, but he certainly is going to be right up there with him, which is saying a lot too, because Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, those, and Khalil Mack have turned into the three legendary college pass rushers that have entered the NFL in a couple of years. And if he's up there with that,
1: Look out. That's what I like about him though, is he's not just that pass rusher. He's he's like a complete defensive lineman. And that's Mm -hmm. it's you don't see that very often. I mean he's like a combination of snacks, Harrison, and and Janavian Clowney, which is you know, crazy. So this the sky's the limit for him and he's gonna make an impact in day one. And then team we already talked about,
0: Michigan, they Slopped the hell out of Penn State like they stole something. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. On that note, what stood out from that game for you, Dwight?
1: Really, I just I wasn't very high on Devin Bush coming into the season, and he is he's the guy there that really seems to hold that defense together. And the defense has got a couple pro prospects, but it's still a defense that's coming to its own. Rashawn Gary didn't even really stand out in this game at all. And He's probably one of their best pro prospects as well, but it's just such a good defense; it's stifling. I really would like to see them make the playoffs just so they can see them against. Because if they're the, they'll probably get in as a four, so they're going to have to start right off with Alabama, unfortunately. But it would be kind of nice to see them go up against a couple of them, you know, and see how they do. I'd like to see him go against Clemson and Alabama somehow, you know. Chase Winovich was really quiet in the game as well, and. It was just a great effort all around. They pretty much bottled up Miles Sanders, and yeah, nothing stood out for Penn State, really. The the Gross Matos guy that I like quite a bit was real quiet in this game as well. So, Was there offensive? Did anybody stand out offensively in the game? Patterson's really exciting
0: me as far as how his development's going that Notre Dame game at the beginning of the year left a real sour taste in his mouth. And I think that was more him kind of getting used to and comfortable with Jim Harbaugh and his system. I do really like, I'm really liking Curran Higdon lately. He had another hundred yard game and he's really, I think starting to gain a lot more traction in this running back class. That'll be coming out. Cause he is a senior. I think he could definitely have role in the NFL on a team, uh, not necessarily a three-down back, but someone who could split the load, which is what it seems like a lot of teams are doing, copycat the New England Patriots. And other than that, there wasn't really too much, like you said, on offense. Penn State was completely balled up and shaken and poured down the drain like it was nothing. So that's that's what really stood out to me. So I think I tweeted out I was working with a customer, and it was 28-nothing. And then I was done working with my customer and it was 42, nothing. I was like, good lord. So no, it was really impressive. And I don't know, again, it's kind of like with LSU Alabama. I don't know if the Penn State offense is just really faltering that much and missing Saquon, or if it was Michigan's really that good. But that's something we'll find out come playoff time.
1: Another couple teams that were in the that are in were in the playoff pitcher. I don't know if they're realistically Georgia, probably still has a slight chance if they somehow beat Alabama. But Georgia played Kentucky, and offensively, I think I saw you tweeting during the game that you were wrong on the running backs there in Georgia.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take this time to apologize to Mr. DeAndre Swift. I think my boxing fandom got the best of me when I decided to go with Elijah Holyfield. So with all due respect to him, I I think DeAndre Swift is definitely the star running back in that backfield for now. Lord knows they'll have more recruits come up and... They'll be replacing them. But Swift, I think, really, the breakaway touchdown he had um, that really got Georgia ahead, and then they didn't really look back from there. Both him and Holyfield had over 100 yards on only a couple.
1: Yeah, I think Swift only had a couple. I think he had, like, 12 carries, and I think Holyfield had more. Yeah. Uh, He's not quite as dynamic, and I don't blame you for saying he's better because I wouldn't want his father to come after me. (laughs) No. (laughs) Now,
0: Holyfield, he had 18 carries for 115 yards. Swift had 16 carries for 156 yards. He had the bigger breakaway plays, and that's what I think makes Swift just a little bit better. He's more of the big play type guy. Holyfield's more of that consistent. You could run the ball with him 30 times in a game, and he'll still average probably four or five yards a carry. But Swift, if he ran the ball with him 20, 30 times in a game, he'd probably set the NCAA rushing record for a game at that rate, the way he breaks them off. And then a quiet game from Josh Allen, the only Josh Allen playing football right now.
1: Was there anybody else that stood out on either side of the ball for you on defense? Just Monty Rice in, in Georgia. He looks like he's definitely warming up to the position. Slated to take over there for Roquan Smith, and he's definitely starting to find his groove. He had eight tackles and a sack, and he he's just getting better. He's definitely more involved. You can tell that he's getting the game like it's coming under his feet he's definitely seemed like he's getting better angles reading diagnosing plays better so i think he's going to be the next great linebacker he's going to be out he'll be at least one more season there so yeah i really liked him but other than that there wasn't a whole lot of like you know wow like defensive guys in the game just georgia's really solid kentucky i wish they had a little more offense i think they could be a fun team to watch and they've got another tough game this week too now we're going to get to our pride stickers. Every week, we're going to give out a pride sticker for the player who made the most difference in the week, like who we think had the biggest game for their team. Andrew, who do, who gets your pride sticker this week?
0: Little backstory: I went in, up to Buffalo last year and I saw Anthony Johnson. I did not see the Anthony Johnson, the wide receiver. I saw Anthony Johnson, the former UFC fighter. What I should have done was go to the University of Buffalo and seeing Anthony Johnson, the wide receiver, from there. He has really, last couple games, he's really started to break off bigger catches and bigger plays in general. But last week, he really had his best game of the year by far with eight catches for 238 yards and three touchdowns, one of them being a 75-yard touchdown. I think with him, he's really benefiting from the excellent quarterback play from Tyree Jackson. who's another potential uh, quarterback project to watch out for still more to learn about him but i think anthony johnson with his size six roughly 210 he could definitely be a solid nfl playmaker i think for any team reminds me a little bit based on his big playability of a uh, josh gordon but he doesn't have nearly the problems of josh gordon so it'll be interesting to see how he translates i he's one of the ones i'm really excited to hear or see where he goes And then what about you, Dwight? Who got your sticker?
1: It's it's gotta be Quinn Williams to shine on the biggest stage like that. When everyone probably half the country was watching, I mean it was I I mean everybody got to see Tua, but I think if you were really watching, you definitely saw possibly the more the most talented player on their team, I think. So it was it was impressive. The linemen that are coming in this draft next year. Wow. Quinn Williams, I think, is a
0: disruptor is the best way to explain it. It's just yeah. if there's, you're hoping for something good to happen on a play, he's going to do the Dekembe finger wag and tell you not today.
1: Right. I think if he if he puts up a couple more statistically sound games like this with 10 tackles, several sacks, I think you've got to mention him in the Heisman race. As much of a difference as he's made, he's – Obviously he won't get invited to New York, but and speaking of the Heisman, Andrew, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of movement this week. Did anybody else? I know Travis Etienne had an amazing game. Eight carries, 153 yards and a touchdown. That's eight carries for 153 yards. That doesn't seem right. Anyways, <laughs> who's your top top five right now, Andrew?
0: I would have to say, number one, like I said, Tua had his Heisman moment, that one where they can just constantly play over and over for years to come with that touchdown run he had against LSU. Etienne, I'd probably say, moved into second place just because he's on that dominant Clemson team, and he's really the reason that offense is really clicking now. And Like we've been talking for weeks now, he's a big reason why Lawrence is getting more comfortable and finding success with them. Kyler Murray, still got to talk about in that high-scoring game last week. He was – without him, I don't know if they would have won that game because that defense is a Big 12 defense. There's not much more you can say. Gardner Minchu stays there at four. Nothing too spectacular. But a new name at five, again, just because they have to invite these people. Everyone after two is not going to win. But Sam Ellinger, I really like him from Texas. Uh, Matt Miller alluded to it on Twitter last week. And I was thinking it, and I didn't get to say it beforehand. But as a Florida fan, I'm not saying he's Tim Tebow. But he certainly plays the type, that big-bodied quarterback. He's not the greatest passer. But the way he runs the ball and carries the team, I definitely think without him, Texas is not where they would be. He, again, like Tebow, is an
1: emotional team supporter. What about you, Dwight? The only one that I would possibly throw in there is Dwayne Haskins isn't out of it, but he definitely doesn't look good. But he's got a couple really critical games coming up at Michigan State. And then the 24th, when Michigan comes to town, if he can really turn around and blow out those teams somehow, I think he's back in the conversation. But as of right now, I think it's still going to come down to to uh, Etienne and Kyler. And I, I don't see how anybody's going to really break into that trio at this point. So, yeah. I like it, man. But it's it's Tua's race. Tua's race to lose, man. Alabama's dominating the playoff, and they're dominating the
0: Heisman. So <laughs> that's what I got. <laughs> I thought it, it might be on the show.
1: No, I think next week. I think next week, ne- episode four, we're going to not mention Alabama.
0: I don't, <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> that would be a challenge. We'll do it.
1: Alright, next we get to our strategy. We don't really have much strategy to talk about at this time of year. We talked last week about you know, how to be active and pursue Debbie at this time of year when you're rebuilding, but I actually ran across an article that I thought was interesting. I have actually saw a couple mock drafts and now we've got a better idea of where teams are going to draft and what exactly they might need next year. So I saw Matt Millers and also John Ledyard who writes for the the a draft, draft network. Yep. Who writes for the draft network and also does the locked on the NFL draft podcast. We're gonna go with that one for today and we're just gonna quickly kind of go through that real quick and give you an idea of what if the season ended now, like what the mock draft might like might look like, or what the NFL draft would look like. Sorry. It's actually pretty interesting. I think mean, it's it's fairly accurate. I didn't seem to have any issues with it. A lot of players it's a lot different, obviously, than it was a couple months ago. Right now it looks like the Giants will have the first pick and the Raiders second. So what do you think about the first pick there, Andrew?
0: I think New York has forced themselves to have to take Justin Herbert at this point. People they should have taken a quarterback last year just because Saquon, he's showing he's going to be a generational talent, that term that everyone loves being thrown around. But he really will be. I said last year I think he could end up being a Hall of Famer, Marshall Falk type. And Indianapolis, they drafted Marshall Falk before they drafted Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning has said that Marshall Falk was key to his growth and success early on in Indianapolis when they still had him before they traded him. And then Kurt Warner, again, credited him there too. So you a running back like that, while it may be a passing league, Barkley is still able to help there. And I think with Herbert, that would take a lot of stress off of him, similar to ETN with Lawrence and Clemson. And then with the second pick, Oakland taking Nick Bosa. Again, that's one of those things where they're forced to, where John Gruden got rid of Khalil Mack. Getting Nick Bosa, you don't know how he's going to pan out, but I mean, he certainly, if you're going to replace Khalil Mack with somebody, I think Nick Bosa would be your dream candidate for doing so.
1: Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I think those first two picks are pretty much locked in. It's it's almost looking like the Giants and Raiders will be one and two, unless one makes some sort of mini run or something. That makes the most sense for both of those teams. If the Raiders somehow ended up at one, I think they'll still take Bosa. Like you said, the Giants kind of have to take a quarterback, and I don't disagree with that. Although it would be kind of funny to see them pass on a quarterback and watch Dynasty Frank freak out again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pick number three, they've got the 49ers. He's at the 49ers taking Deontay Thompson, the safety from Alabama, which I really love. It's, it's, you can't go wrong with a really, really good safety that with that has the range and the ball skills that Deontay Thompson does. So I think that's a, a pretty good pick too. They they could go several ways. They've got Greedy Williams at four, and I could see San Francisco also going that way.
0: I think
1: it fits who
0: their GM is, who is John Lynch. Who is he a Hall of Famer?
1: He is a Hall. I don't. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he freaking should be. Yeah. One of my one of my absolute all time favorite players. Yeah, no, John Lynch. That
0: that's a John Lynch pick, but and he should be a Hall of Famer. No, I think the arms likes a lot, and there's a lot to like about him. So, no, in San Francisco, I think that would be a very good fit for them. Fourth pick, John has the Buffalo Bills getting some cornerback help in a division that, for the time being, still has Tom Brady. And as long as it potentially has Tom Brady, you got to get some pass defense. So they get Trey White, the former LSU product, his old teammate back in Greedy Williams, who I think would be too – let me start over. If you could name a better – two young corner combo i'd like to know it i mean if you could have trey white and greedy williams for the next five seven ten years together yeah, i mean you've got a pretty solid lockdown corners on both sides of the ball and for whoever replaces tom brady they will have one up on them and making it rough for whoever New England gets in there to replace them in miami you don't know how it's going to be with Tana hill there and then sam darnold they'll just make his life miserable the whole time he's with you New York.
1: Yeah, I definitely like that. That duo there would be the only ones that I could think that even come close would be the Packers duo of Kevin King and yeah Josh Jackson. They're an amazing duo as well. And Jair Alexander. After that, he's got Arizona Cardinals taken. Quinton Williams, honestly, probably the best pick of the first five as far as needs. They have been gashed all year by the run. They've got some good defensive pieces still, and he would really help Clue that middle down, and I absolutely love that pick. Cardinals would be just absolutely tickled if he fell to them at five. You know who will be tickled if this player falls to the Browns at six?
0: <laughs> me. You're I, you're listening to this room. Uh, listening to it. Just picture me
1: drooling. I don't like this pick. I don't. You don't like it. I don't. It's because you're not I a Browns fan. No, look what they they've already got. I don't want to pronounce that guy's name, Larry O, <laughs> Emmanuel, Miles Garrett, but Ogba. You would have a
0: defensive line that goes Miles Garrett,
1: Ed Oliver,
0: Larry Oganjovi
1: right. and Emmanuel Ogba. I, I um, know. It would be amazing, but I I just think there's a lot of other needs as well. Like I, I wouldn't fault them for taking it, but that's one of the first ones I've seen that was like, eh.
0: and, and I will I say know.
1: my first gut reaction to this pick was – and
0: I think he addresses it in the paragraph he does, left tackle is an absolute need. I mean, I've been watching all year, and thank God they got rid of Desmond Harrison at left tackle because my wife's watching the game. She's like, hey, that number 69 has a hold again. I'm like, oh, good figure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like he's got... Jonah Williams going to eight to the Broncos, and I, I would rather the Browns get him at six.
0: But. And and that's who I was hoping that he would put in there. But, yeah. again, if you're going to get somebody else, at
1: all Oliver. Josh Allen from Kentucky going to the Jets at seven. He says he doesn't agree with it, but I do think that if anybody's going to do that and the Jets are willing to take that kind of risk, they've already got a, some pieces on defense that – would make this just amazing. Like, that'd be a really nasty defense. Like, it's already coming into its own with uh, Williamson and Darren Lee, and then they got Jamal Adams and Marcus May in the secondary, and Josh Allen. Oof, that'd be fun in New York, man. They were in
0: the Khalil Mack sweepstakes for a short time, and I think, again, he's not going to be Khalil Mack, but they do need a pass rusher. They got the linebackers with Theron Lee finally playing to his ability. and mentioned Marcus May and Jamal Adams their secondary is pretty short up they just need that pass rush help and with that i think that defense would be right up there as far as with one of the best in the league
1: well they have a lineman going to the broncos at eight jonah williams we don't need to talk about that for fantasy then at nine he's got jeffrey simmons the defensive tackle from mississippi state going to the colts i mean you can't fault that pick at all do the Colts are a team that needs defense so bad, like any piece of defense at that point. And I really like Simmons a lot. He's some guys have him or have had him at the, as the top lineman, but I think he's probably third or fourth on my list. I kind of flip flop him around a little bit. Very good run stopper. Very athletic. Great, has a great motor. So
0: no, yeah, yeah, I agree with Jeffrey Simmons being the only problem is. I don't know. They talked about it briefly earlier in the year. They had the one video surface. Won't we'll have to talk about it, but it's it wouldn't look good if I was a general manager and I saw it. It would certainly turn me off from him personally, but that's something he'll have to deal with when interviews go through and teams check backgrounds. I'm sure it's something he'll be answering a lot if he goes to the combine. Number 10, in Jacksonville takes Noah Fant. They don't have a lot of holes apart from quarterback, which there's no quarterback <laughs> here I would take which I think John, again, alludes to in his mention of this pick. They don't have a tight end. I was actually on Dynasty game night yesterday. One of the things was AFC South tight end. They joked, well, hopefully it's not from Jacksonville because we can't name any of them. (laughs) Fan would certainly help out whether Bortles somehow stays there or whoever they get in. Tight ends are always nice safety valves for quarterback, and Fan is certainly the best in a long time. Obviously taking a tight end in the top 10 doesn't happen every year, so that just speaks to his potential.
1: Yeah, it worked for the Lions and Eric Ebron, didn't it? Speaking of Lions, they take—he's got them taking Clellan Farrell from Clemson. Uh, you can't absolutely fault that pick at all. They definitely could use that, especially if they can keep somehow keep hold of Harrison for a couple years. I think they have him for a couple, and they also have Ziggy Ansah and put Farrell in there, and that's—and you gotta love that pick. He's got Tampa Bay taking Byron Murphy, the quarterback from Washington. Great pick, and they definitely need some secondary help. They're getting absolutely gashed this year. 13, he's got Raquan Davis, the defensive tackle for Alabama. Another, I, mean, I like him a lot. They're just like a good solid team. So they can just, they're kind of one of those ones that could just need a piece everywhere. You he's know, a and, Mike Vrabel type guy,
0: too. I think
1: right. it,
0: it makes a lot of sense. And then 14, now Oakland Raiders fans have been freaking out. Deservedly so, he lost Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, who I wasn't very high on, but you can replace Amari Cooper with, John has them taking DK Metcalf here, wide um, just right hear from Old Miss. If he declares and Oakland somehow gets him here, I think he could potentially be even better than Amari Cooper. Now the questions will be around his neck. Um, understandably so. Mike Williams had the same questions. With him, When he came out of Clemson, he still is a top 10 pick, and we're finally seeing this year. Now that he's getting to play more consistently, what he can actually do. Wide receivers take a little bit. We talked about that last week, but I think Metcalf would certainly be Derek Carr's number one target very quickly. And I think he'd be a big hit off with Oakland fans too. He has that big size, and he's not afraid to get dirty. Somebody that Raiders fans I think could definitely fall in love with. And then fifteen. 15- we got the Green Bay Packers taking Ja'Kai Polite, um, a rusher from Florida. He has been one of the names that wasn't talked about so much before the year, but he's quickly forced himself into the conversation for being one of the top players in this draft. Green Bay still has that need at pass rusher. They tried the Sheldon Richardson experiment, and that didn't really pan out. Clay Matthews is getting up there as far as age goes, and I think Ja'Kai Polite in a – conference where you or division where you have to face kirk cousins matthew stafford and mitch Trubisky each two times a year you got to have pass rush and if they have the pass rush he'll force bad decisions and as the quarterback trio we talked about we'll be able to take advantage
1: of that as well he's gonna love trying to track down those three statue quarterbacks there (laughs) (laughs) they got 16 taking Nikhil harry from the baltimore ravens which another team need that I mean, he fits it perfectly and he'll be if Flacco sticks around he'll be his best friend but I'd like to see him grow with Lamar Jackson probably Ravens fans dream come true yeah as a
0: Browns fan I don't really like the pick but if I'm a Ravens fan <laughs> I would love to get Nikhil Harry
1: They got 17 taken. Seahawks taking Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame which is another lineman to get there they've got Frank Clark and Rasheen Green <laughs> On the ends, and I think Tillery is a great pick for them. He definitely fits the mold of what they typically look for. They have 18. Philadelphia Eagles taking DeAndre Baker, from the cornerback from Georgia. Another, He would definitely fill another need there. Obviously, cornerback's always a need these days with um, this, the way the league has turned into such a pass-friendly league. Never have enough good cornerbacks, and DeAndre Baker is one of the best out there. They have 19. He has Gerald Willis from Miami go in there which surprised me a little bit i think there's some better talent out there but he has miami finally thrown in the towel on the ryan panahill
0: project i think it has gone a year or two too long taking the duke quarterback prospect daniel jones i talked about in a couple of the articles a while ago on dynasty happy hour daniel jones his mechanics to me and the way he like handles the ball and his footwork and everything reminds me of a Manning, but that's mainly because their head coach down there is Eli or was Peyton's, but is Eli's quarterback coach in the offseason. They would go down there and work out with him. So I see a lot of that with him just in his mannerisms. One Vikings are taking Caden Smith, another tight end, like we've been talking about too. This tight end class is certainly one that's gonna stick out. Two tight ends in the top twenty one picks doesn't happen every year. Caden Smith, I no fan, is definitely worthy of the pick. A lot of teams are going towards those two tight end lineups, and Kyle Rudolph matched up with Caden Smith will certainly be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I don't think Rudolph has too many more years left in him, and it'll definitely give Caden a little time to develop as well. Right. At 22, we've got the Redskins taking Devin White. I don't think he'll last this far. I imagine some I don't people will get him before that, and I think if he fell this far, the Redskins would be – ungodly happy uh, they're another team that they definitely need some help beyond zach brown so he would fit right in and be a day one starter at 23 the Bengals take an offensive tackle caleb McGarry from washington Bengals always need offensive line help good pick texans taking david edwards the offensive tackle from wisconsin they need a lot of offensive line help as well and another raiders pick this time they're taking bryce hall the cornerback from virginia I actually have nothing on Bryce Hall. I know almost nothing about him. He's one guy that I'm definitely gonna have to scout in the offseason a little better.
0: He's one that the Draft Networks podcast. They were going off about Bryce Hall. Twenty-six Pittsburgh Steelers. They have he has them taking Mac Wilson, linebacker out of Alabama. Unfortunately, there's still no idea if Ryan Chazier not necessarily will come back come back and play football. If I'm Pittsburgh, I'm definitely planning to move on without him they do have need at cornerback pat mahomes torched them this year showed every hole they have but i think linebacker is still a big knee in that division and then 27 he has the la chargers taken player i didn't think would fall this far but i mean with the injuries he's had this year he might be there and this is actually probably one of my favorite picks of the whole mock draft He has Rashawn Gary going to the L.A. Chargers. You pair him up with a healthy Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, and you've got problems in the AFC West. Yeah, I think that would be the only thing that could potentially stop Pat Mahomes here from dominating that
1: division for years to come.
0: Anything you've watched from Rashawn Gary that you really like, Dwight?
1: Like I said, he's not one of those players I love a whole lot, but I definitely know he's got the athletic ability. When I've seen him on tape, I haven't been overly impressed with him. But I think he's also been in a situation where he's been asked to do a lot and he does see a lot of double teams. He won't see any on that line, (laughs) that's for damn sure. So I definitely like that spot. And he's one that's a little – he's a little more raw. Give him a little time and he'll be just fine there. Same as with uh, another raw guy that – another great edge rusher, Carolina Panthers, he is taking Montez Sweat from Mississippi State at 28, which is another guy who's just got an incredible motor, huge guy, Great hands, like he he's a pass rushing monster. He is great. I think I like that pick as well. He's got 29. The Patriots taking Julian Love, the cornerback from Notre Dame, with a phenomenal pick as well. New England definitely needs some secondary help if they need anything there. Packers are taking an offensive
0: tackle. Yanni Kajus. Um uh, hey. offensive tackle, obviously, again, not a very big fantasy impact-wise, but nonetheless, we'll move on. Number 31, the LA Rams, he has them taking Brian Burns, the edge Rusher out of Florida State, as if this destructive defensive line needed any more firepower. The Philadelphia Eagles showed it last year winning the Super Bowl. If you can have guys on a rotation and you just keep bringing in fresh bodies, eventually offensive lines are going to wear down and they could definitely take advantage of them. And then another pick – Well, not another pick. The last pick in the first round, number 32. He has the Kansas City Chiefs taking Draymond Jones, who's another defensive line prospect who I feel like is not getting talked about enough. I feel like there's a lot of them not getting talked about enough just because there
1: is Ed Oliver, Joey Bosa, Quinn and Williams
0: all taking all the spotlight, but...
1: You talk, you talk about the ones that he doesn't have in the first round, and it's crazy. Oh, exactly. Dexter Lawrence, O'Shane so Emeneau. There's like just there's several that just pop off the top of my head that were considered first round picks going into this year, and he doesn't even have them in his mock draft. So definitely think John did a great job with this. So once again, that was John Ledyard. You can follow him on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft. And he just does some great work. He does a lot of draft research. That's like his big thing. So
0: A lot of people over at Draft Network, if you have not checked it out, I'm on it, website, home screened on my phone. That's how much I'm on it. So they're constantly
1: putting out good stuff. What's silly is it's such a visually beautiful site. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so easy to read and navigate. I love it. I know it's silly, but all right, real quick. We're getting down here in the time. So let's go through the... Weekend preview, real quick. No problem, Andrew. There's a potential trap game, but it should be a good game with South Carolina taking on Florida. And what the heck's it going to take to make Florida change their quarterback? We eh? might see this morning that their backup is out for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, Trask had a uh, non-contact knee injury today in practice. They haven't said what it is yet. That phrase, non-contact knee injury, is always great to hear whenever you're talking about a quarterback. I think what it's going to take for Florida to make a quarterback change is for the year to end and Felipe Franks to graduate and go away. I think that's about it. So Dan Mullen is the man Florida needs and deserves, and he's been great for the whole team. They've really played on their expectations. It was nice having them potentially in the top ten this conversation all year but I think the following weeks we're going to see them kind of get back down to earth I don't think they'll beat South Carolina this week I think South Carolina with Will Muschamp the former Florida coach he has South Carolina playing nitty-gritty and I think those wide receivers Edwards and Samuel are going to have a good game against the uh, on-edge Florida defense it'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back and speaking of that Florida defense and South Carolina in general is there anybody you are going to be interested to watch right
1: Yep, just the ones we've talked about last couple weeks for Florida, Polite and – or Polite. we got to figure that out, don't we? And Voshan Joseph, he's definitely stepped to the forefront. As far as South Carolina, T.J. Brunson is a linebacker prospect you really got to keep your eye on. He's getting just – T.J. Brunson had 88 tackles his sophomore year, and he's got 64 so far this year with a couple sacks each season. Just a really good-looking inside linebacker, more of a prototypical inside linebacker. Might be a two-down thumper, but we'll see how's that. And another important matchup this week, hence Clemson versus Boston College. It's another chance for Clemson to crush another opponent by, like, insane amounts of scores. But a name that not many are talking about is Boston College's running back, A.J. Dillon. Uh, A.J. Dillon is
0: one of those players who's quickly – Rising the ranks with a lot of people again. His size and the way he runs, he's six foot, 245 roughly. Not necessarily an Andre Williams type. I think he's going to transition better to the NFL than he did, if you can even remember who he is, with his short stint in New York Giants. I do think in general, this game might be a little bit closer than people think. Clemson or Boston College's head coach is a former Florida assistant, Steve Adazio. He's a good enough coach. I think they'll be ready for Clemson. I still think Clemson wins, but. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think.
1: I agree. Yeah. Boston actually has a pretty good defense there. They have a uh, lineman, Zach Allen, is probably going to be drafted in the, on the second day. He had 100 tackles in 2017 from the defensive line, which is almost unheard of. There's actually only two players in 2017 that did that from the defensive line. He has 46 this year, including 12.5 for for a loss and 5.5 and sacks. He's uh, probably their best defensive prospect. Lucas Dennis and Will Harris, or a couple safeties there that were really highly regarded going into the season. And both will probably still be day two, possibly early day three picks. So they've definitely got some defensive guys there that can hopefully slow down Clemson long enough for AJ to do some damage on off. Can't go a week without a big game for Alabama. Like every week they're playing someone ranked and this week Mississippi state comes into town, but can anybody on Mississippi state score on Alabama? That's my question. I'm going to keep this short and sweet for time circumstances
0: because Alabama doesn't deserve any more airtime. Alabama by 40, it's not going to be – this Fitzgerald's going to be contained. It's just going to be – it's Alabama. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's Alabama, as
1: I threw my hands up. I was actually kind of looking over the schedule, and I was surprised that Mississippi State was ranked as high as they were, truthfully. Yes. Another one that, like, I was kind of shocked. I think I have a couple of big names on defense. Jeffrey Simmons, which we talked about briefly in the mock draft. He's a good defensive lineman. They have Jonathan Abram, who's also one of the top safeties in the country. But just they also have sweat too. Not enough.
0: Yeah. What is your upset of the week? We need to take time to acknowledge that I finally got an upset pick right when Arizona yeah. State mopped over
1: Utah. I don't want your head to get any bigger, Andrew. Come on.
0: Oh, Don't worry, it won't, because you put that bad juju on my Gators with Missouri. Anyway, my upset pick this week, um, I'm a Browns fan. Everyone knows that Baker Mayfield being in Oklahoma sooner, I think he's going to come into Sunday with a lot on his mind when Oklahoma State upsets Oklahoma and ends their college football playoff dreams. Uh, I really liked how Oklahoma State was able to close it out against a tough Texas team. I think they have the offense to just make things difficult for that Oklahoma defense who I talked about. It's a Big 12 defense. So, and Oklahoma State doesn't have anything too great either, but I think it'll be a high scoring game in the 40s, potentially even 50s. So, it'll be an entertaining game. Might not be an upset, might be, but I think that was the most realistic ones.
1: I think Tennessee is actually going to knock off Kentucky. Kentucky's reeling a little bit here and. Kentucky def- or Tennessee has been playing well at times. So I think that they're Kentucky's down and they're just going to kick them while they're down. So Rocky top, baby. You'll always be home sweet home to be. And then real quick, Dwight, there's
0: some players you're watching this week
1: i like to see how Jonathan Taylor plays against Penn State. He's a, an amazing running back, and I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Old Miss and a- Texas A&M game has EJ Brown and then Travion Williams for A&M, who is another running back that doesn't seem to get much publicity and can be one of those guys that will possibly be a day two pick. I really like him. This week is the return of LaVisca Chenault, baby, Colorado's amazing amazing wide receiver that could possibly be the number one wide receiver coming out in 2020. he's an absolutely phenomenal prospect for colorado they get to play in washington state he's got a nice big old stage to shine on just a fun player to watch if you ever get, if you get a chance check him out before he gets to the NFL. he's a just an electric player
0: Player i think is really starting to become more fun to watch as the season goes on for scott frost and nebraska's adrian martinez their quarterback I mean, they'll be going up against Levy Smiths finding a line eye Illinois I don't they're just not having a good year they're not having a very good tenure under Levy Smith in general and I think Adrian Martinez can easily take advantage of them and have a very big game maybe over 400 yards maybe five or six touchdowns another fun name that I'm gonna watch that I really liked and I followed since I got suckered into that Netflix series last Chance you Dakota Allen the East Mississippi Community College product. Since he's gotten back to Texas Tech after being dismissed, he's really been a captain on the team. He's been a leader a good student overall he's fun to follow and watch i don't know how well he'll translate to the nfl but as far as college goes he's all over the place making plays interceptions sacks he's always in the backfield he, wherever the ball and the game the play ends look for dakota allen to be around there which is what i really like about him
1: the one that we didn't mention was ohio state travels to michigan state and has to be a pretty good hopefully a good game but i anyways.
0: think michigan state could beat ohio state the way ohio state's been playing lately
1: you're gonna put the, mo- the mojo on me now. Don't oh, Only
0: thought you now? Don't worry.
1: I'm I, I was actually shocked that Michigan State was ranked 18th. I'm like, really? I saw that too. and thought the same I'm thing. Like, Why? <laughs> Why are we 18th? Come on now, anyways. Andrew, tell the people where you can find
0: you. They can find me on Twitter at DHH underscore Mandrew. My
1: wife still reminds me I'm on Twitter too much, but that's not stopping me being with the people. Don't wish that evil on me, woman. I am Dwight Peebles. They go they call me the FF Peebles Champ on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter as much as I humanly possibly can without getting a divorce. And <laughs> once again, the our Twitter handle for the show is at Devi Manual, at Debbie Owners Manual at gmail.com. If you have any questions, and everybody have a great weekend watching some college football, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.
0: Forget about the uh, Mountain West The Mac that can flex Sunbelt next Ivy League fresh Literally dope Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test
1: I'm serious, they will talk about the most obscure players on this planet Potentially another planet Like,
0: dude's got a 4-3-40 from Mars Like, I don't know I, It's too much, I'm done I'm gone this time Like, don't bring it back in. Enjoy your podcast.